You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined by Taylor Estes, managing editor of Horns 24-7. And Taylor, it is, um, man, we're, what, a week? We're less than a week from Christmas. It is, uh, no, we're not. Sorry. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> December 20th, Tuesday, December 20th. And so we are one day removed from Bijan Robinson announcing officially that he is skipping the Alamo Bowl and foregoing remaining eligibility to prepare for the 2023 NFL draft. And of course, tomorrow is signing day. Um, well, when you're listening to this, today is signing day, but we're recording oh, yeah. the day before. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a little trick there. But uh, <laughs> as you're listening to this, it is signing day. And there's so much excitement around signing day because of the five-star talent at the top. But we'll get to that in just a second. Right now, we want to kind of reflect on the five-star talent known as Bijan Robinson and Taylor it's been a it's been a heavy week for Longhorn Nation they're saying goodbye to two greats uh with national player of the year Logan Eggleston the you know volleyball national player of the year and now newly minted national champion and Bijan Robinson and you know when i think of uh, Bijan Robinson, I think of his unbelievable ability to stay on his feet mm-hmm. and his contact balance and his hands and that 209 yards rushing against Kansas State in a in a must win for Texas uh, on the road, snapping that road losing streak that Texas was suffering through with Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, and then I think of that smile. And mm-hmm. you, you just, you've talked about it. I've talked about it on this uh, flagship podcast. The guy has sort of this uh, unsinkable uh, spirit. And I thought it was just so fascinating that he kept hammering home the point during the press conference that the thing he'll look back on with the most amount of pride has nothing to do with what he did on the field. It has to do with putting smiles on people's faces yeah and and that's that's not you know just lip service that's not something that he's just saying to say it that's who he is I mean he's a really as you you know everyone knows a very elite special player but 
when Steve Sarkeesian talks about he's an even better person away from football than he is a football player, which is saying a lot considering he's the best running back in college football, it's 100% true. I mean, he just does everything the right way. And um, I think of when we had Jeremy Hills on our uh, podcast, um, I think it was in the summertime, and he talked about Bijan Robinson. He was like, if there were more players like Bijan Robinson in the NFL, there wouldn't be off the field issues in the NFL. And that's that's a perfect way to sum up the type of character that B. John Robinson is. He, um, you know, is, presents himself in a first class way, both on and off the football field. And he's an irreplaceable talent. I mean, let's let's just call it what it is. I mean, this guy is a really, really special talent. He was, you know, coming out of high school. Um, he lived up to his five star hype. Uh, he's a complete package, you know, a, a complete kind of five tool player, if you if you may, if we're going to go with a baseball term there. But, you know, as a you know, a running back, his his agility, his, uh, you know, being able to catch the ball really well, yards after contact. I mean, you name it. This kid is just um, elite of the elite. And so you're not going to be able to replace him. Um, but, um, you know, it's good to see him kind of have a, a chance to be able to, like, say his kind of goodbye with Texas kind of having a secret um media availability for this we were not supposed to talk about it when we got an email about Bijan being available on um sunday night for monday because they didn't want to kind of leak what was about to happen but uh you know it's, it's uh, going to be hard to replace him and i can't wait to watch him in the nfl like he's definitely going to be a player that i will forever root for you know at, at every stage of his career yeah and he was the last person to leave his press conference <laughs> like he he talked, you know, people wanted to come talk to him, reporters, obviously, uh, but UT staffers. And, you know, 20 minutes after the press conference was over, it was just uh, him and his mother. And they kind of looked around and were like, okay, I guess we can go now. But yeah. that's, that's who he is. I mean, he, he always made time for, for complete strangers. And, you know, he just talked about how, even when he would meet with us as reporters, if he felt like someone was kind of having a rough day, he'd try to say something to to lighten things up or put a smile on on people's faces. And that's that's really something because uh, when you're that talented, you, he wants to be in movies. I mean, he wants to be an actor. He's got the he's got the look. Uh, my wife loves his hair. Yeah, she, we bumped into him at you know one of those UT. Uh, NCA volleyball games and she's like wow it's like you know it, it's just, I don't even know how you describe it because it's so cool <laughs> he's got that yeah. you know all pulled back and it almost looks like a like a Spartan helmet the way mm -hmm. you have it yeah or the Trojan helmet with the the hair on top but um you know he's just uh he's a cool dude he he could be all about himself and he's all about everyone else and I've covered the NFL. It is a cold, hard place, depending on where you end up. I mean, if you end up on a on a winning team, it's it's great. Uh, but if you're on a losing team or a team that has bad ownership or bad coaching, man, it can be a really, really tough place to be. And you know, something tells me that his spirit, his faith, his belief will will lighten even the coldest NFL locker room. So I agree with you, Taylor. I'll be cheering this guy on uh, as long as he's uh, on television wearing a, a helmet and shoulder pads. And then who knows, maybe on our television 
as an actor at some point. He's he's made contacts. He knows people. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> culture. So who knows what's ahead for this guy? He could do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, an example too, I, I think I've, I've told this story on the podcast before, but um, it was last year he was, Bijan was at the media availability and he was riding one of those electric scooters. And I was in an accident on one of those a while back. And um, I saw it and I was like, Bijan, man, like, I really just want to kick that over for you. Like you are too valuable to be riding one of these electric scooters. And uh, I was like, I was in an accident and, and like it, there did some damage. I was like, but I'm not worth anywhere near the amount of money that you are worth and what your career is worth. And uh, just kind of said it in passing, didn't expect anything. And then he literally stayed after he had the interview session, we were all leaving. And he was like, Hey Taylor, like, I just want to say, are you okay from your accident? And I was like, Oh yeah, you know, it, it was fine. Like, um, I was like, it, you know, thankfully I didn't get it too bad. And he was like, well, do you mind if I asked like what happened? And so I explained it to him. And he, we talked for like 15 minutes and I was like in my head thinking like, he didn't have to say anything. He could have just been like, okay, this old lady's telling, you know, like, don't, don't ride a scooter, like an old lady telling like a kid what to do. But that's just like a good, I, like, he just is a genuine person and like was asking me questions about it. I mean, it, it was just something where I was so blown away by that. I remember talking to my mom after I was like, you'll never like believe this. And like ever, I mean, my mom always loved Bijan Robinson anyway. And then they, when I told my parents that story, they both are like the biggest fans of his because they're like, you can just tell he's so genuine, you know, they've never been around him. And so he's just a, you know, very, very special guy. Um, and I feel like that's kind of, you know, when he's saying about if he feels media is like having a bad day or something, he really would stay back and talk to us. And it um, just is a really cool type of cool cat. Uh, they don't make too many like B. John Robinson. So it's been definitely a blessing and uh, fun to cover him. Yeah. And he's uh man, he flips a switch, as he said, when he goes on the field, when he, you know, snaps that helmet up and, you know, turns into a warrior, uh, leaving stiff arm defenders in his wake. But the second he takes off that helmet, he's, he's, uh, he's got that smile and he's, he's lighting up the, you know, his, his area and all the people in it. And that's, uh, that's a unique gift for someone that talented. And, yeah. you know, I, I think back to Ricky Williams and Ricky is a, an enigma. And we learned after the fact, after he was at Texas, when he would keep his helmet on with his shaded visor doing interviews that he had social anxiety and, um, and he was, you know, he just wanted to kind of do what he did on the field and then kind of be left alone. And that's, you know, that's kind of the norm actually for mm -hmm. a lot of the superstars. And, and so look, it, it's early in his career, but um, the fact that he's so comfortable in his own skin, um, and I think it is because of his faith that he's, uh, it's just surprising. Like it's surprising. Um, yeah. And you're kind of like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's he's got this, he just came off the field after three and a half hours of bludgeoning his body into, you know, 11 defenders and, and yet he's, you know, taking an extra minute for strangers and, um, and it's just really something. So we're kind of rambling on here, but Bijan, we appreciate you, man. And, yeah. um, hopefully, hopefully 
one of these days we'll get him on the flagship podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now that he's uh, not a Texas student, we can actually talk to him whenever we want. That's right. <laughs> Texas has very strict stranglehold on uh, any players talking with media unless it's a formal media setting. Stark has that even with his assistant coaches too, but he's a yeah. free agent now for us, <laughs> Chip. That's right. Um, okay. So we mentioned that tomorrow, uh, today, today, sorry, today. <laughs> Got to wake up here. I'm a little groggy. Uh, today is National Signing Day. Uh, I don't know. They used to call it the early signing period, but now it's when the majority of high school prospects sign their letters of intent. And then the first Wednesday in February is sort of the signing day part two. So uh, Taylor, you know, the excitement for this class really began, I mean, resounding excitement began in June when Arch Manning uh, made it public that he was committing to Texas and um, and then what five offensive linemen in this class followed almost immediately after that. And since then it's, you know, adding the number one running back in the nation, Cedric Baxter, um, the number one linebacker in the nation in Anthony Hill, uh, who's probably the guy I'm most excited about because I think he's probably the most day one ready to come in and make an impact as well as receiver John Tay Cook, who if you watched DeSoto take apart Vandergrift in the um, state championship, you saw John Tay Cook looks like all those receivers who've been coming through Ohio state here recently. And, you know, a little bit like Xavier worthy. So uh, that, I mean, the, the star power at the top of this class with Arch Manning, um, you know, Anthony Hill, Cedric Baxter. I mean, we're talking about five-star talents. Uh, and and then you throw in, you know, Malik Muhammad at corner, um, who's like the 41st ranked player overall in the class. It's just, it's a who's who of top 50 talent at the top of this recruiting class. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, I can't remember. I, I'm not sure that there has ever been a signing class since I started covering Texas that had four 24-7 sports composite five stars in it. There have been a couple of years where there's like two, like last year, I believe Texas had two in um, from out of high school, I should say, not, uh, you know, considering like transfer portal or anything too. If you do that, it would have been three, but um, you know, with Calvin Banks and with Devon, uh, Devin Campbell last year, but for them to have four, I mean, that's, that's something I haven't seen that I can recall. I think the most ever was three and, you know, it's just say it, it goes to show that regardless of, you know, what has kind of happened on the field since Steve Sarkeesian and his staff took over here at Texas, people are buying into what they're selling, you know, that, and you don't get, you don't get these type of players um, like, you know, the top of the top, you know, if, if people don't really believe in what you are doing and don't believe in your product that you are uh, putting on the field, it may not look perfect all the time, but they, they are buying into these coaches. I would say Jeff Choate probably deserves, you know, at least big 12 recruiter of the year with, uh, what he's, I mean, I think, I think Mike, I read something the other day that he went like four for four with his top four, you know, linebacker or uh, prospect, excuse me, in this class. And he got every single one of them. I mean, 
Um, it's just, it's, he's done a really, really solid job. I feel like he probably doesn't get talked about enough or, you know, um, enough credit there, but I would, I would probably rate him as a big 12 recruiter of the year if I was, uh, had to vote in that chip. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, Mike and Hudson, uh, also pointing out that Jeff Banks played a role in the recruitment of Anthony Hill, Anthony Hill initially committed to Texas A&M, uh, just, uh, when you watch his film, he's one of the one of the most um, destructive defensive players I've seen coming out of high school, maybe since Derek Johnson in two thousand one. Um, he just, I I think he's going to be able to come in and process everything he needs to process, and be able to play fast as a true freshman. He's he's going to be an early enrollee, uh, which is great news for um, Jeff Choate and Pete Kwiatkowski uh, because we talked about this last week, Taylor, with DeMarvian Overshown moving on that, you know, Texas was going to need David Benda to step up, uh, Maurice Blackwell to step up and some talented incoming freshmen. Now that was before Anthony Hill announced his commitment on Thursday of last week. And once, you know, obviously that you talk about talented incoming freshmen, uh, Anthony Hill is that guy. And I, I just can't wait because there's nothing better to, than watching an instinctive, destructive middle linebacker. The, the likes like Brian Urlacher and Zach Thomas, um, you know, um, Junior Seau, those type of players who just sense from their film study and everything else where the play is going before it starts, and they just take a line and just wreak havoc all over the field. And we saw Jalen Ford have a great year this year, and I think he's just scratching the surface of what he can do in terms of rushing the passer because you know Anthony Hills even put together a little more compact than than Jalen Ford and I think he's going to embrace contact I think he's going to destroy blockers I think he's going to be able to get offensive linemen off of him and and make tackles I just I'm really excited to see this kid in action I'm 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 excited that he has the spring to learn it because Texas obviously has a big hole to fill with DeMarvian Overshone moving on and I think they found their guy yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that that was a huge get, an absolutely huge get. I mean, what is he ranked? I think he's like I know he's number one linebacker in the country. I 19. think he's like number yeah, nineteen in the twenty four seven sports composite, four in number four in the state of Texas. I mean, that was that was a really big get for Texas. He's an early enrollee too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that that's huge because that's definitely a position that I mean, um, you know, Jalen Ford has not made any sort of announcement. Uh, we've kind of heard different things kind of going back and forth, weighing his options if he wants to return or if he wants to enter the NFL draft. It seems kind of like he may be leaning towards returning, which I don't think would be a bad thing for him in any way, shape or form. I feel like what you said is perfect. Like he's just kind of scratching the surface. Um, but without DeMarvian Overshone, I mean, you know, his say what you will, like whether he was perfect or not all the time, he was at least consistent, you know, at that linebacker or, you know, playing, um, at the linebacker position after we made the move from safety. Um, and so 
now linebacker once again kind of is that question mark going into next season in a way that it was this year before people saw what Jalen Ford was able to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, with him being an early enrollee, um, going to be around for spring ball, that's that's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Yeah, it 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 is. And the one knock on Demarvin Overshone was was he physical enough? You know, he's long. He's six four. He's got long arms. He's unbelievable. Um, you know, sideline to sideline uh, movement and and that kind of quickness to cover the entire field. But would he come in and be physical and blow up um, a fullback or an offensive lineman and shed and make the play? And and that's where I think Anthony Hill is different. And he can rush the passer. I mean, I think if Jalen Ford comes back next year and he mans the middle, you can move Anthony Hill around, put him at strong side linebacker, put him at weak side linebacker. Although you've got, you do still have David Benda and Mo Blackwell at that weak side linebacker position, and Mo Blackwell is coming on. And so Texas has a chance next year to be outstanding at linebacker if if Ford is back, if Hill can process, and if Mo Blackwell and David Benda who can play all three positions are, you know, healthy. And, and that was huge this year. The linebacking core stayed healthy because mm -hmm. depth was an issue, but they didn't have to get into it because Ford played overshone played. And, and so that position helped, uh, obviously the guys up front uh, set the tone and made it easy for those linebackers to run around because uh, they were eating up double teams but um, that was a huge part of the, the defensive turnaround. So um, if you can't tell, I'm a little excited about Anthony Hill. Because <laughs> look, Arch Manning, he's the guy, everyone, number one player in the class nationally. He's the Manning you know, yeah. lineage, all that, Taylor. But I think it's his desire to redshirt. So it's, it's going to be delayed gratification um, on the Arch Manning uh, time at Texas, possibly, who knows, things change, but I think the plan right now is for him to red shirt. And, and so, you know, which honestly, that's, it's fantastic. Exactly. I would say that is not a bad thing like that. I think sometimes fans can get so excited when they especially see a five-star or like, you know, a player of prospect of the caliber, um, you know, and being kind of the headliner of the class, like an Arch Manning was, they expect day one starters. And it's like, you don't necessarily want your quarterback to be a day one starter. <laughs> in fact, especially with him playing kind of the, you know, in a private school in Louisiana, what type of competition has he played against? That's what a lot of the critics say or question about him. Um, but it, it's not a bad thing if he is not playing next year. It does not mean he's a bust. It does not mean that Sark forgot how to coach quarterbacks or anything like that. It's if he doesn't see the field until, you know, 2024 at the earliest, that's not a problem. That should, that's actually should be a very welcome development if it does come to fruition. Yeah. There are two quarterbacks with their names up in the stadium, Vince Young and Cole McCoy, who both redshirted. Yes. So, uh, I would say that um, that is is not a bad thing, and as as you mentioned, well, now you can play in four games and still redshirt. So Arch Manning can get a taste of 
the field um, and and get get his confidence up going into uh, that that 24 season when I think Texas will be in the SEC and when that offensive line with all those studs who came in last year should be SEC ready. Um, hell, Calvin Banks will probably be playing in his last season at Texas in 2024. So um, we're getting away from it here. But uh, a lot of exciting names at the top of the list. And then, you know, as you go down the recruiting class, Taylor, it's you 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 backfill your offensive line room with five behemoths. I mean, you know, Jaden Chapman, uh, Trevor Goosby, uh, Connor Stroh. These guys may not be top 100 ranked players, but they fit what Kyle Flood wants. And with his coaching and being in the same room with guys like Kelvin Banks and Devin Campbell, uh, they're going to uh, they're going to, you know, provide the kind of depth that Texas needs to fortify that offensive line and maintain it. You know, yeah. we it's been a desert of talented offensive linemen at Texas for the last really since 08. Mm -hmm. um, you've had the occasional Connor Williams and Sam Cosme, but it's been way too far and few in between. And so. It and those like, were low three-star rated prospects too, coming out of high school. Right. Both right. Sam Cosby right. and So Connor don't sleep Williams. on any of these guys. Yeah, no. <laughs> Do not sleep on any of these guys because uh, what Kyle Flood looks for is not just big. He, he wants big and can move and mm -hmm. big and can move and are nasty and want mm -hmm. to like get into that legal street fight that our friend Dan Neal always talks about. So uh, I'm excited that they've uh, put – uh, another strong class of offensive linemen together. And then, you know, the guy who kind of stands out and you really need him to be uh, as good as advertised is Sadir Mitchell, the the defensive uh, tackle top 200 player um, out of New Jersey, because you can never have enough big, solid defensive tackles. It's the hardest position to recruit outside of, quarterback uh in terms of finding the special ones who can make a difference alabama clemson ohio state have sort of had uh, their pick of those kinds of guys but i think texas thanks to you know the improved play of guys like keandre coburn moro ojimo who we mentioned last week both have accepted invitations to the east west shrine game um they've set a standard now that we expect to andre sweat and Byron Murphy to bring in in the 23 season and and help develop Jare Bledsoe and um you know Vernon Broughton and Alfred Collins. We're we're ready for those guys to come on. So uh if if Texas can just keep finding that, you know, you really need two every class of those defensive tackles, um, then they can maintain that that depth on that uh defensive line as well. Yeah. And, and that's what you need. And like, that's, we've talked about this too, Chip. It's about stacking the big bodies in these recruiting classes. And, um, you know, if you did not listen to our Monday interview edition of the flagship podcast with Steve Wiltfong, he, uh, you definitely should listen to that once the show's over, but he brought that up. Um, you know, when you look back at some of Tom Herman's signing classes with under his staff, I mean, they were, you know, top five 
top 10 ranked signing classes, but it was skill players, you know, and it's like, you're not playing seven on seven, you're playing full blown football. You need to get big guys in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And that was something I feel like kind of fell off a little bit under Tom Herman. And that's, I don't want to, to knock, you know, I, I feel like Tom Herman and his staff did a really good job at recruiting, but I always made the comment, where's the beef? Where's the beef in these classes? And uh, you're getting a lot of beef here with um, this staff under Steve Sarkeesian and, and you need it. And I, it's good to see that Texas is stacking these guys, these linemen on both sides of the ball, because that is how you change the trajectory and program. Honestly, it starts in the trenches. It ends in the trenches. They're the, a lot of times the nameless, faceless guys, but they're easily the most, you know, valuable and important ones on the field, probably aside from a quarterback. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Jonte Cook looks like a guy who can come in and help immediately. And that's, mm -hmm. that's exciting in the Steve Sarkeesian offense. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, he just look at the number of six foot ish. 170 to 180 pound receivers that that he's coached either at Alabama, um, well, primarily at Alabama. You know, Jalen Waddle and um, you know Henry Ruggs and and Devonte Smith. Now Xavier Worthy, Jonte Cook fits right into that same mold. Burner uh, can take the top off of defense and. Uh, really excited to see what he can do um, because Xavier Worthy's going into his third year. You got to think he'll be moving on uh, after his third year. And then you got to have the next guy. And, right. and especially in this Steve Sarkeesian offense, he, he has to have that guy who goes deep and can push the defense back. And uh, Jonte Cook uh, finish, fits that description um, perfectly. So uh, I think it's a, uh, you know, and then you, you throw in Ryan Niblett. I mean, 5'10", 170 pounds, burner. Um, that's speed, speed, speed everywhere. And you just, you want to stress the defense. You want to have to make them make decisions on, you know, in a panic state uh, because that's how you get busted coverages and big plays. And we know Steve Sarkeesian's always hunting the big play. Right. And it, it will be interesting to see kind of what Jordan Whittington decides to do, um, you know, whether he's going to enter the NFL draft or not. He, he's kind of a similar one as Jalen Ford, where we've heard it almost seems with Jordan Whittington, it's like changes every day, what we're, we're hearing behind the scenes. So, um, but, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be good to see, you know, assuming Brennan Marion is still on the staff next year, if he doesn't um, get hired away by any other programs, but him to be able to develop the guys he is recruiting because uh, that, you know, he was hired um, late last year or late December, actually. I think he was like the last one hired, but um, these are the recruits that he's been going after, you know, Ryan Niblett and uh, Jonte Cook. Um, obviously he inherited Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, but um, the name that we also, I feel like people may be forgetting too for the receiver chip is Isaiah Nayer. He, right. uh, Steve Sarkeesian talked or was asked about him um, in his post regular season press conference. He said that he's not cleared or anything, but he's making the progress to get back and in the mix. And um, 
it'll be he's one to watch too next year. The receiver position may be in a pretty solid state, I would say, as it appears at this moment. Yeah, Isaiah Nair, 12 touchdown catches two years ago, and then he tears the ACL uh, in fall camp or right before the season. And so um, that's a kid who really wants it, who by all indications was lighting it up in, in you know, practice until the injury. So um, he's, that's an exciting um, element to the, to the receiving core uh, to, to keep an eye on because he's the six foot three long armed, long limbed, big catch radius, um, good wheels down the field uh, type receiver who Texas has been looking for a, a little bit. You know, you got you like to have your burner, but you also like to have the big uh, the big guy like Quentin Johnston at TCU or Xavier Hutchinson at Iowa State. And um, that just makes it that much more difficult, especially against a team who might not have big corners. So yeah, the 50-50 um, ball guys too, yeah. especially, you know. Yep. The Colin and, Johnsons and Lil Jordan Humphreys that Texas had previously. That's right. So um, it's exciting. And uh, there might be some excitement, good or bad, on, you know, later today or on signing day. I'll just say it that <laughs> way. Um, you know, we've, you know, if you've been following Mike Roach's coverage, there's been some concern about Derek Williams, the safety. And that's, that's a, that's a player they really need in this class, obviously, because uh, Anthony Cook moves on. Um, they put Michael Taff on scholarship since our last flagship podcast, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Sarkeesian ended a meeting by saying, is everybody on the same page? Oh, and one more thing. Michael Taff, you're on scholarship. And <laughs> you go, ah! So Michael Taff, the former walk-on from Austin Westlake, two-time state championship game defensive MVP, intercepted Quinn Ewers twice in Westlake, state championship win over South Lake Carroll uh, in 2020, uh, goes on scholarship. And right now he's a leading contender to play the boundary safety position vacated by Anthony Cook. You've, you've got Jaron Thompson at the free safety position, and you've got young guys coming on. Um, you know, Larry Turner, Gooden, BJ Allen, they need to keep coming on. Um, but a guy like Derek Williams, you need in this class. So, uh, it's exciting. Uh, and Malik Muhammad certainly fits the bill of the big corner, long armed corner coveted by everybody, Alabama, Ohio state, you name it. And that's a huge get and kudos to Chris Gilbert, uh, who used to coach at South Oak Cliff. He's now Sark's uh, liaison to the high school coaches, uh, played a huge role in the recruitment of Malik Muhammad. So uh, that, uh, man, this uh, staff deserves a lot of credit for, for putting this class together. Yeah, they do. And um, Mike on Tuesday did kind of a notes on Derek Williams' status. It's been one that's gone back and forth, whether he's going to sign on signing day or the early signing period or push it to February. And, you know, if you didn't read his VIP notes, get over to Horns 24-7 and check them out. But um, he even said they will wait and see with anticipation tomorrow as in signing day, even if they did hear he was going to sign. He, Mike's kind of still taking a wait and see approach with that one. So 
that's something that will play out. And it's kind of weird because we're talking about this on Tuesday, but I know this is airing on Wednesday. So by the time you hear this, it may already have played out. We don't know. <laughs> so, but right. uh, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, the staff deserves a lot of credit for the, you know, the amount of talent, the um, positions that they really needed to fill. Um, they did a really good job with that. So uh, yeah, I mean, back-to-back -to -back top five signing classes, not too bad. Uh, well, Taylor, before we get to love it or leave it again, uh, huge kudos to Jared Elliott, the, the women's uh, volleyball team, uh, an amazing 3-0 uh, dominating national championship victory over Louisville. And, you know, I wrote about Logan Eggleston and Bijan Robinson in the morning brew uh, this morning. And I hope everyone gets a chance to read it because Logan Eggleston is um, – you know, she's been on campus five years. She was, she went through the eyes of Texas controversy, the black lives matter movement, the COVID-19 pandemic. And each step of the way, she got a little further in the inner development, the, the team's progress, you know, they lost in the round of 32 in the NCAAs to BYU when she was a freshman, Jared Elliott said she couldn't sleep after that and just kept telling him, we're going to win the natty. We're going to win the natty. And then her sophomore year, they lose to Louisville in, in the round or in the sweet 16. And, and there were players that she faced on uh, Saturday night who were on that Louisville team who beat her um, as a sophomore. And then, you know, her junior year, she gets to the national championship game. She in Texas lose to Kentucky and then Madison Skinner who had, you know, uh, 19 kills in that national championship game for Kentucky. Uh, it transfers to Texas and is playing with Logan Eggleston in the national championship against Louisville. Um, and, and then, you know, last year she got tight and she made a lot of errors and they lost, uh, in the elite eight and Jarrett made adjustments. He brought in defense. He brought in uh, Zoe Fleck, the two-time libero of the year in the Pac-12. She was the unsung hero of this whole season. Logan Eggleston even said it. She was phenomenal. It was ridiculous watching her dig balls with one arm, backwards, forwards, sliding um, rockets. She always could get that ball up and in a way that the offensive players for Texas could, could get after it. And then Asia O'Neill. Uh, fifth year senior had open heart surgery while she was at Texas, her second open heart surgery. Her first was when she was 13. Uh, so to see those two sitting next to Jarrett uh, at the podium after was just uh, phenomenal. Jarrett said he was so relieved. He said, with this team, I just needed to stay out of the way. He said, I tend to be a nervous wreck. The closer we get to the national championship, I just needed to remain confident and tell him how much I believed in him because all I had to do was really turn him loose. Uh, but what a what a story, a five year story for those two, um, for Asia O'Neill, for Logan Eggleston and and for them to have the confetti rain down. What a way to go out. And uh, and now Jared Elliott, man, it's going to be tough to replace uh, Logan Eggleston, who won the Heisman Trophy of women's volleyball this year. Um, awesome story. And um, and Taylor, Texas basketball, you know, no word yet on Chris Beard, what, what's going on there. He's still suspended indefinitely without pay. Uh, Texas has won another game. They beat Stanford. They'll, 
they have a tough game this week against Louisiana. Uh, team that's 10 and one has a six or yeah, six eleven. Jordan Brown averaging 20 points a game. Um, this is gonna be a good test at home for Texas. To me, this is the best test they'll have faced since Beard has uh, been put on unpaid leave. So um, we'll we'll keep you posted always over at horns247.com on what's going on there. Um, so, um, Taylor, are you ready for some love it or leave it? I am. Before we get to love it or leave it, we're going to take a really quick break, but stay tuned because we have more football talk and uh, recruiting talk coming up. We'll be right back eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Chip, you ready for my first love it or leave it? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. First one is... Signing day edition. Signing day edition here. Yes. Love it or leave it. Anthony Hill will be the day one starter at linebacker in 2023 as the replacement, excuse me, replacement for DeMarvian Overshone. Man, I hope so. I'm going to, I'm probably going to go with my heart on this one and say uh, that I'm going to love it because uh, Anthony Hill, go watch his film. Just go to YouTube and type in Anthony Hill linebacker and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. He, to me, he's kind of a more physical version of DeMarvian Overshone. Uh, He doesn't probably have the elastic speed and in length of overshone, but man, he can get downhill and, and sideline to sideline with violence. So I'm going to love this. And I hate to put that on a kid, but I think Anthony Hill is putting it on himself. Um, honestly, I think overshone leaving and the door opening for him is probably one of the big factors for him to to come to Texas. I think he wants to play right away. So I'm going to love this. Taylor, how about you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I kind of want to love it too. Just, I mean, everything, if you just read his scouting report that Gabe Brooks um, did on him, he evaluated him as, uh, you know, what the five stars, they usually get evaluated like pretty early or multiple times. But 
he he just has all of the tools. And literally in the first line of the scouting report, he says that he is a guy that can get immediate stats, snaps at the power five level. And that's not just because of, you know, him going to Texas. It's just that's how talented this kid is. So, um, you know, with DeMarvey never shown moving on, I, I kind of feel like this is setting up a prime uh, position for Anthony Hill to get those immediate stats. So I'm, I'm going to love it. Um, no pressure, right? Anthony, <laughs> like you haven't even took, taken a college, you know, class yet, but yeah, I think, I think he has all the tools to definitely be a day one starter, or at least, you know, one that comes, that is, um, you know, coming off the bench and getting quality playing time. All right. Love it or leave it. Number two. All right. Second one, love it or leave it. Texas 2023 recruiting class will go down as a better class than UT's 2022 signing class. Ooh, interesting. You know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go old school here and I'm going to leave this because that 2022 class with those offensive linemen, Kelvin Banks has already established himself as a all conference type player. Um, Cole Hudson started all year, got better. And now you're going to bring in, um, you know, Connor Robertson is going to start to get snaps either at guard or he'll certainly be the backup center. Um, and Cam Williams, the eclipse of the sun, big right tackle. I mean, I think it's going to be hard to, it's going to be hard to, uh, I, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to, I'm going to give credit to the, to the big fellas uh, in that 2022 class. Taylor, how about you? I'm going to leave it too. And cause mainly for the, the offensive line. Cause I mean, you know, we, we, when, as we're talking about quarterbacks, you know, you don't necessarily want to expect your, your true freshman quarterback to be a day one starter. Um, that's the same thing with offensive linemen. And I will say that the, you know, Calvin Banks, Cole Hudson, very, surpassed any type of expectations that I had for them going into the season, not because I didn't think they were talented, but because a lot of times you don't want to have to rely on a true freshman, let alone two true freshmen and let alone one who didn't even enroll until May. So, you know, um, the fact that they came on and came along so well, you know, Calvin Banks not being an early enrollee, Cole Hudson, obviously he was, he was the only one from that offensive line class last year. And they just, they were so good. And it's not even just them, Chip. You know, think about the guys that Texas was able to get in the transfer portal too. Say what you will about Quinn Ewers. He had an up and down season, but I'm not giving up on him. His ceiling is very, very high. Um, Ryan Watts, I mean, my goodness, he's probably the the breakout player of the year for te- one of the breakout players of the year for Texas on that defense. And that's saying a lot because that defense was really good. So I, uh, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to, I think that, the 20 and that's not a knock about this 2023 recruiting class. I think, you know, there's a lot of talent, obviously four or five, four or five stars in the 24 seven sports composite. That's nothing to scoff at. That's nothing to brush off. But um, just with how I, I think the offensive lineman just playing so much better than I think I ever would have expected a true freshman to play, let alone two true freshmen. And uh, you know, that, that it's, it's hard to ignore that. So I'm going to also leave that too. But I think the 2023 recruiting class, it's going to be elite too. 
Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. You got, you got some elite players in that class at uh, positions where Texas has not been getting players drafted. Right. Receiver, offensive line. I mean, it's uh heck even linebacker. Mm -hmm. Um, so I agree with you. All right. Love it or leave it. Number three. All right. Final one edition. <laughs> We're going to do a end with a volleyball one. Love it or leave it. The UT women's volleyball natty will go down as the feel good story of the 2022, 2023 academic year for Texas. Ooh, that's interesting. Cause that, uh, volleyball being a fall ish sport means there's a lot of spring sports like track softball softball played for the national championship last year um tennis women's tennis is the two-time defending national champion but i i'm gonna love this taylor because of the stories of logan eggleston and asia o'neill and zoe fleck i mean my god Zoe Fleck, she doesn't get the high-flying kills and stuff, but she's down there on the ground digging these balls out, keeping them from, you know, losing these points after these rocket blasts off the uh, the arms of of some of the best outside hitters in, in women's volleyball. So I'm going to love this. Now, I could be a prisoner of the moment, but I'll admit it, and I'm okay with that. Um, Taylor, how about you? I don't know. I'm kind of torn with this because I, I don't necessarily like agreeing with Chip on every single one. But I mean, this is a, it's a national championship. I mean, and UT women's volleyball has been kind of the bridesmaid, not the bride for a really long time. I mean, I know this is Jared Elliott's, I believe, the second national championship, but the last one that they won was 10 years ago uh, in 2012. So that's right. They um, lost in the finals in 15, 16 and 20. Yeah. And so it's it's hard not to say that, yeah, of course, it's going to be the feel good story. So I'm going to, I'm going to love it too. I'm going to go three for three uh, with Chip and, uh, well, you don't know, sound I, so I, beat up about <laughs> it. I know. I like when we kind of go back and forth, like have some combative moments here, but I think our listeners do too sometimes, but no, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is definitely the feel good story of the year. And, and maybe, you know, if some, who knows what, Texas baseball does or anything, it, we could change our mind based off of what some of the spring sports is. But for the moment, I think that this is, that's fair to say right now. So I will love it too. That's, uh, that's fair. And we should also mention that, uh, well, we celebrated the, I don't know how much we mentioned the five-year anniversary of Chris Del Conte as, as athletic director, but think of all the national championships, 10 national championships uh, in those five years, four of them last year, mm -hmm. uh, in addition to uh, the two straight Directors Cup wins for Texas. So uh, things are are moving in the right direction. You've got all the facilities upgrades that have happened too. People are now in the Moody Center, the the practice facility, the $60 million basketball and rowing practice facility. It's ridiculous. And we should have an announcement soon, Taylor, about uh, a new indoor football practice facility. So um, stay tuned for that. I think that will happen right after the new year. 
So there you have it. There's a little nugget for you, kids. That's what you were waiting for. For those of you still listening right to the end of the of the uh, flagship podcast, maybe I should do that every week. Like, yeah, put a nugget right there after <laughs> love it or leave it. Um, but listen, everybody, it is. Uh, we will no, we won't talk to you uh, again before Christmas. So everybody have a merry, merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Hope everybody's getting some good family time. Taylor, you ready for Christmas? I am. I'm actually going to pick up my parents from the airport in a few hours. They're flying in for the first time ever. They, I don't think they've ever been away from their house on Christmas since they got married. And they've been married for uh, 52, three years now, 52 years. So um, it's a big deal. So awesome. yeah, I'm, yeah, I've been ready for a while now. <laughs> I oh, didn't want to be awesome. like last minute freaking out right before they came. So yeah. But you ready? I, I'm never ready, but I'm just going to go with it. And, um, you know, I'm just excited. My son's back from college. Uh, daughter's doing well. And, uh, and, my wife is like unbelievable at the Christmas game. So uh, I'm in good hands, even if I'm That's lagging, you know, even if I'm the laggard in the group. So <laughs> you uh, just celebrated one year wedding anniversary too, didn't right. you? That's right. Well, happy anniversary. Thank What'd you. you guys do for that? Trail of Lights, I think. Yeah, I we it. did. We yeah. went to the Trail of Lights. And you know what? I think we're probably going to make that an annual experience. It was so, it's just so beautiful. It was actually mm -hmm. a beautiful night to do it. So um, if you've never done the Trail of Lights at Zilker Park, um, do it. Get there early, though. Get there early. Yeah. Be the first ones in. All right. <laughs> um, there you go. You got a nugget and a Christmas tip. So um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Merry Christmas. Uh, for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Uh, until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com. Don't forget about that incredible 50% off special even for you month-to-month -month subscribers. You can upgrade to annual and get 50% off, plus you get Paramount Plus for a year. Yeah. Kidding me? So there's some Christmas shopping for you right there. Yeah, free um, gift. Free gift yeah. with purchase there. <laughs> there you go. Um, bonus. We love bonus. All right. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. It was a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.